0: you can talk about the losing streak all you want you can take your cute old white out but the gophers are looking to play spoiler for the penn state nittany lions season and i'm giving you all the secret sauce on how to make it happen
1: okay, you no are locked happens, on golden no gophers matter what we're gonna do here
0: we're just gonna keep rowing your daily podcast on the minnesota uh, golden out, gophers. however it turns out we're just gonna keep rowing Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. We're just going to keep growing, keep growing, and keep growing. You're listening to Locked On Golden Gophers, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. My name is Kane Robb, host of the podcast, former collegiate football video coordinator and recruiting assistant here to talk Golden Gophers with you each and every day of the week, Monday through Friday. Be sure to follow us wherever you get podcasts at Locked On Golden Gophers. And be sure to hit subscribe on YouTube and let us know what you are anxious about for this Penn State game. The Gophers are officially four and two. This is a must win game. If you have any shot at all in trying to win the division must win for basically every game for the rest of the season. And even then you need some help. So it's a tough one, but the Gophers look to take on the Penn State Nittany Lions this weekend in their whiteout game. Now, we're going to talk about who the key players on each side of ball are. We're going to talk about what the keys of this matchup are. And then we're going to talk about something a little different today because there could be a little mystery in this game that we need to discuss. So let's jump in. Let's talk about key players on each side of the ball first, but let's talk about the line. The line is officially set right now and the Gophers are not favorites for the first time this season. Now they might not have, they may should have not been uh, favorites last week, and we learned that the hard way. But in this one, the Gophers are a plus four, which means if you pick Minnesota, they don't even have to win; they just have to get within a field goal, basically, and you win the cover. But the line, as far as uh, and the scoring, is a forty-four and a half points. So. Those ones are a little bit harder to choose from. I mean, if you are pessimistic and you really, if you stick with what the Gophers have been putting out there on the field, betting against the Gophers looks likely in this one being plus four points. Our last two losses have been more than four points, so definitely one that you could look at and have some questions with now the line did start at six and a half and has moved towards the gophers as far as now it's only four points so we'll see what team shows up it's hard to bet on this one especially not knowing what the offense is going to look like it has looked pitiful the last two weeks and you don't want to bet on them if it looks the exact same way but we're going to talk about key players on each side of the ball now penn state as far as rushing defense goes they are 56th in the nation when it comes to rushing yards against. Meanwhile, for passing yards against, they are 83rd in the nation. They can be had in both manners, but it just really depends on what your strengths are. So let's talk about the key players that are going to have to step up in order to help us attack this Penn State defense. Now, the first is a combination. It is Ariante Urzari and Quinn Carroll, the tackle positions. The interior of the offensive line has actually been good to all right these past few games, even in the losses. Now, in the Illinois game, they actually did pretty decent, whereas the tackles got destroyed, and that is in back-to-back weeks where we have had poor tackle play, poor showings. And versus Illinois, Quinn Carroll had a run grade of 47. 47, that isn't okay at all. That's terrible. And then he had a passing grade. You're like, okay, hopefully his passing grade's better, right? Barely, 54. Both of those are really bad, especially that run grade. It's poor. It's terrible. Then you look at Ursary, who is extremely talented. The great size. He's been amped up by this this coaching staff all preseason, all fall camp all spring camp yet he wasn't much better with a 63 run gate 63 run grade and a 60 passing grade now he has typically been better in the passing grade than the running grade but both of these are mediocre at best this has to change has to absolutely no question about it if you want to win games these tackles have to step up especially if we have a younger player in at quarterback, which could be a huge possibility this week. So those are the first people I want to talk about on the offensive side of ball. Then you have the second player I want to bring up on the offensive side of ball, which is Brevin Span Ford. Now, he has been... For the most part, pretty consistent in catching the targets that he does receive. He has had some issues where it hits him in the hands. And even if it's punched out or if it's like behind him, there's been a couple drops. But we always say, if it hits you in the hands, you got to come down with it. So we need Brev to step up a little bit more and take that next step, especially with Chris Ottman Bell, not with the Gophers. We've been feeling the pains of that loss over the past two weeks. So, Brev. It's it's time to shine. It's time to step up through the air. And he has been turning his product. He has been turning in production with his limited opportunities. He seems to have the most separation, especially on the crossing routes. And he'll he's been open. He's gotten open, but the O line needs to give the quarterback time to process and find those openings. So it's kind of in combination, but his run blocking has been great. So you love to see that part of it. But we got to find ways to get him incorporated because he is a literal cheat code at the position. Listen, folks, Brev is going to play on Sundays at some point in time, whether that's after this season or after the next season. And even if you look at his numbers and you're like, oh, that can't be true. It's true. Hear me out. Intangibles, the build and the size and the ability to catch and now an improved run blocking. I'm telling you. He's going to, whether we like it or not. And you might look back and be like, why did the Gophers never feature this kid like we see in the NFL in the moments where he flashes? And we don't want that. I mean, you'll still be proud, but let's take the time to get him incorporated now while he is still with the program. So we hope to see Brev get a little more looks and step up on the offensive side of ball. Now, flipping to the defensive side of ball, the two players for this week we need to step up are Justin Wally. He was attacked all week in the Illinois game last week, and it's it's time to redeem that game. He is a great D-back out there. He is. And he got caught on his heels a couple times last week. Also is playing off a lot of times, and they were giving cushion to the D-backs who were able to just sit underneath and pick, a, pick away with curl routes, pick away with slants, quick slants, and that's just not normal. He also got caught uh, a step behind a couple uh, wide receivers in the last game, and that's just something we're not used to seeing at all. So we need him to be on his best, to be ready to go, and I would expect him to look like himself once again in this game. Now, the final unit that we're going to talk about, because it's not just one player on the defensive side, is the entire defensive line, especially the edge players. Danny Strigow, Jaw Joyner, Thomas Rush. We need more. With only six pressures last game and a 16% pressure rate, the Gophers were picked apart all game. That cannot happen. Again, that cannot happen. We've had troubles with finding pressure, creating pressure, generating pressure, and we got to find a way. We have to find a way because you can't have that happen against a good team, especially if there's going to be a young quarterback on the other side of the ball with their starter potentially hurt and not playing. If you have a true freshman out there starting against you, he needs to be on his heels. He needs to be in chaos and he needs to have very little time to process and that starts with generating pressure which we haven't been able to do so it's time for the defensive line to step it up now there are some key specifics to getting a win in the happy valley and how can the gophers get back to their winning ways well we've got the secret sauce that we're going to talk about coming up next But first, I have to talk to you about our friends over at Sweat Block, because I'm gonna admit it to you. As I've grown throughout life, as I've gotten older, I've been, always been one of the people who is self-conscious about smelling or sweating. It's just something I absolutely hate. I've been given the gene of sweating a lot, especially in warmer climates, and it's embarrassing. You sweat through your shirts, you sweat through part of your shorts sometimes it's just look I can't be the only one right so if you have an issue of embarrassing sweat or someone you know who has definitely check out sweat block I was able to fix that problem and slow it down as far as not going through all of my clothes and feeling like I need to pack an extra outfit for every occasion I go out especially in the summer now I feel a lot better, a lot more confident. And Sweatblock was created by a doctor to help with his own excessive sweating. And it's doctor created and doctor recommended. So if you or someone you love is experiencing embarrassing odor or just a lot of sweat and it can't be contained, well, now is the time to get Sweatblock and just try it out. You can save 20% with promo code LOCKEDON at sweatblock.com. It's also available on Amazon. All right, folks, we are jumping into the three keys to beat Penn State. Now, I'm not saying we're going to go out there and we're going to get a win, but these are the things you have to do in order to give yourself a chance to win that game. So these are the keys to attempting to beat Penn State. Penn State. I got to clarify that because we had a lot of wild Illinois fans jumping back in the comments on our last week's keys video saying, "Yeah, you were completely wrong, blah blah, no. Actually, if you look at the keys we laid out, we didn't do any of them and we lost. We weren't in the game." See, the point is you have to do the keys to be able to win the game. But I know that, you know, even though the Illinois football team is really good, it doesn't mean their fans necessarily understand those concepts. So I just wanted to make it very clear, unless some pen, in case some Penn State fans find their way also to this podcast, let's talk about the keys in trying to win this game, the things you need to do. Now, the first is forced turnovers. Tell me if you've heard this one before, but with a young, inexperienced quarterback potentially starting for the Penn State Nittany Lions and potentially Having him plus being on the road, you have to capitalize and cause chaos for the young signal caller. That plus it's going to be an absolutely rowdy crowd in the whiteout game, which is basically their biggest turnout game every year. No matter what market on the schedule, everyone's showing up. See, turnovers turn home stadiums to silence or booing. One of the two, it's always either silence because. They're sad, they're upset, they're shocked, whatever, what have you, or is booing because they're frustrated with their teams, they're getting out of the game, and they don't like what they see. So forcing those turnovers, you can take the crowd out of the game, and you can rattle a young, inexperienced quarterback who hasn't officially started at the collegiate level quite yet. That's what you have to do. Key point number one is force turnovers. Last week, we did not get a single turnover. Prior two weeks, we had three in each game. Now, we were more in those games. And last week, we weren't in the game hardly at all, basically. There was one moment, and it was from great special teams. And then we fell back out of it real quick. So forcing turnovers will help keep us in this game, take the crowd out of it, and rattle a young signal caller if he ends up getting the start. Now, point number two. In this one, I want to stress. Run it to Mo again and again. And even when it feels like, eh, should we switch it up? No. Run it to Mo again. Give it to him again because he was crazy efficient in the night game. But we got away from getting it to him. And I still don't fully understand it. It's not like we were getting absolutely boat raced to the point where we weren't in the game and had to throw the ball. No. We were typically within one score. At one point, we were down by nine for a healthy portion of the game, but we only gave him 15 attempts, and I just don't get it. And then you look at how Penn State lost their first game versus Michigan, where Corum and Donovan Edwards just tore through Penn State and ripped them a new one. Moe could follow suit if we give him the opportunity, but that means creating better blocking opportunities, which... They had okay with, again, within the interior line, but we need those tackles to step up. But regardless, even with inefficient offensive line play, Mo finds a way. So we have to give him a chance, give him the opportunities to continue creating a way for the Gophers to even be competitive in this game. Now, the third and final point is dominate the time of possession and incorporate the play action even more. Now, I would like to write off last week's defensive inability to get off the field as an anomaly. So I want to focus on more of the offense because the offense has been a hot mess for multiple games. So the two games in which we didn't win the time of possession battle, we lost. Straight up, we lost. And we only lost it by four minutes versus Purdue. And it was a down to the wire game for the most part up until the final three minutes. And we were in the battle in time of possession. Now, we got doubled down versus Illinois, and it felt like we were never in the game, basically, for that game. So notice, as the time of possession trends with this Gophers team, because that is what this unit thrives on, is having the ball, controlling the clock, and winning out. If you can't control the ball and have the ball, you're not going to be able to do what you are suited best to do. So we have to, have to win the time of possession, and not just win it, but dominate it. To win this game, we have to have the ball maybe 65% of the time compared to Penn State. Now, on top of that, we've lost a key sense of the balance in the last two games on the offense. The first four games of the season, you saw a lot of balance. You saw Tanner making plays with his arms. You saw Mo getting it done on the ground. You saw Trey getting it done on the ground. You saw wide receivers making separation and catching it. Last two weeks, it's been very unbalanced. Versus Purdue, we had a pass-heavier attack, and we could not run it. We had the lowest rushing production that we've ever seen in the P.J. Fleck era. Then you flip it to the Illinois game, and we had running production, and Moe was just out there breaking off yards after breaking off yards, 8.5 yards per carry, and we could not pass the ball to save our lives. 38 passing yards, 38 You got to find a way to get back to balance and hopefully being able to incorporate more play action, even if we have a younger quarterback out there after we do point two of run it to Mo, run it to Mo and give it to him again and again and again. It's like swiper, no swiping, no, run it to Mo. That's what we need. So you do that again and again and all of a sudden you run a play action and you can have shots at blowing the top off or you take a bunch of underneath routes, a bunch of short passes, make it easy and then Once you take a shot play on a play action, you might be able to get an explosive or two working, and it helps balance the game out. So those are the three things. Force turnovers, run it to Mo, and dominate the time of possession and incorporating the play action off of that. So some of you have been calling for a quarterback change for years now, not even just like this season. You've been calling for it for years now, and you might just get your wish at least for one week. But playing Ethan calliak is it the right decision for Minnesota Golden Gophers? We're talking about that coming up next. Now, first, we need to talk about our friends over at LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn Jobs, I don't know about you, but when I needed to look for a new job, when I was looking for a new opportunity, I always hit up LinkedIn. I check the jobs field. I type in the things that I'm interested in or the titles that I typically hold or the The industries that I want to be in, that's what I do to at least get a lay of the land when it comes to jobs, especially in the area I'm in or remotely. And LinkedIn Jobs is one of the top sites out there when it comes to finding the right job. So why wouldn't you get on it if you are a small employer looking to hire the right employee? In fact, LinkedIn Jobs helps it happen faster for you. LinkedIn Jobs is one of the best out there, and they have over 800 million users that are looking—or not every single one of them is looking for jobs—but they're out there looking for jobs, and that's one of the biggest networks out there to find your next employee. Now, not only that, but it's simple and it's free. All you have to do is create a new job post, then put the hiring frame around your your profile picture, your individual picture so that way your colleagues your community your network within linkedin can see that you're hiring and they can even suggest other people that might be a perfect fit for your company then you can use easy tools like the screening process questions to make it easier to focus on candidates with the right skill and experience to quickly prioritize who you want to interview why small businesses rate LinkedIn jobs, number one in delivering quality hires versus leading competitors. So they're going to help you find the right people and qualified people for your small business. And why not do that to kick off the new year, right? Because it's rapidly approaching folks. It's almost November. That's right. So, be sure to post your job for free at linkedin.com slash locked on college. Again, that's linkedin.com slash locked on college to post your job for free. Terms and conditions, yeah, they apply. All right. So, we're wrapping this thing up with a topic that is quite the mystery for this game. And that is the fact that it could potentially play both Ethan Caliac and Drew Aller. We might see the two oldest. Players, the two oldest quarterbacks in the entire college football in the nation, in Tanner Morgan and Sean Clifford, both sit out in this game, potentially due to injuries. The changing of the guard is coming next year, whether we like it or not. And this might be one key matchup that comes to fruition is that we have two new quarterbacks taking the helm. So can Ethan kelly McManus provide flashes to the future if called upon? Is that something that we can make happen? Potentially. We're entering Drew Eller and Ethan kelly McManus. and I don't want to talk about Drew Eller too much because I don't know too much about him. I know he's a five-star kid. I know he's got talent. I know people that play college fantasy football are obsessed with the kid and think he is the future and the next big thing. We'll see. We'll see. I haven't seen a ton from him. He hasn't had a ton of opportunities. But we're focusing on Ethan kelly Manus. Now, Coach PJ Fleck mentioned Cole Kramer could be back, and he could see himself in the opportunity. But I don't think you shelf an opportunity for the potential future of your program to start, and in the in the process, infuriate Gophers fans because everybody knows, the coaches know, the fans know. Sh- shoot, I'm I'm betting that the players know that everybody wants a thing Manis out there on the field. If Tanner can't play, why not get a glimpse of the future? You've had even alumni members of this team talk about they know that this kid is the future of the program when he was on the scout team picking apart the defense in years past when he came as a true freshman last year. You've got alumni saying, so what do you have to do to be able to help Ethan Kelly McManus find the success and try to get a win in Penn State in a whiteout game? How do you use a a quarterback who hasn't started a collegiate football game to win against a top 15 ranked team? How do you do it? Well, it comes down to this. If Ethan Kallikmanis is going to play, he has the arm talent. He has the ability to throw at multiple arm angles. He has the ability to throw it on the run and to move he's got some wheels he's not a guy who's like lamar jackson gonna tear you up out there but he can move think like joe burrow as far as using your legs to get yourself into better positions to throw the ball get rid of it or get the first down that is more the play style i'm not calling Ethan caliak manis joe burrow i'm just saying the play style that you see from him with cincinnati that is something that Ethan caliak manis that's the type of play style he has as a quarterback So how do you find success with them? How do you get a win in Happy Valley? Well, the first thing is simple play calling. You have to call the things that he is most comfortable with to get him in a rhythm, get him in a groove, get him to calm his nerves because you're going to a rabid and rowdy fan base. That is, this is the game they circled. This is the game where they turn out in all white, go crazy. And it's a night game on top of that. So you have to have simplified pick play calling in what he is most comfortable with. Also giving Mo the ball over and over, like we talked about in our key points is going to help establish confidence as the offense continues to move its way down the field without forcing him to be the reason why. Now, on top of that, This defense can be attacked in both manners. Like I said, they're 53 in the nation when it comes to run defense and they're 83 when it comes to pass defense. So you have the opportunity to find some openings. If he's going against Illinois for the first time, which we saw at the end of that game, and he didn't have the time to practice, you see simple mistakes. You see a front seven, absolutely busting through the offensive line and franticness you see the franticness and the panic so the fact that he'll get to practice all week definitely helps but playing a lesser defense to an extent is definitely going to help illinois was is now third in rush defense and second in pass defense quite the difference quite the difference now other things that we need in order to help atham thrive is to allow the play action to be set up for the success by running with Mo, running the wheels off Mo and letting him do his thing in order to set up for the play action and give Ethan a chance to thrive. Now, creating long and slow drives is going to be key when it comes to Kelly McManus starting because, yes, you can dink and dunk if necessary. You can give him the ways to build up his confidence, hitting a three-yard pass here, hitting a four-yard pass here, hitting a screen out there, hitting a tunnel screen, a curl route, Quick flats, like giving him ways to see the ball getting in the wide receiver's hands and moving up the field slowly paired that with a successful running game. Then all of a sudden you'll get a shot or two on the play action where you can take a deep shot and see his arm at its best. So all of that in con- conglomeration the biggest things with Ethan Caliac manus if he is to start in this game, is that you need a next play mentality, whether good or bad. Whether you throw an interception or you throw a touchdown, you have to have a next play mentality of it's a new play, a new down, and we have to do better. We have to, we have to make the correct read, whatever that be. It has to be a next play mentality. And the final thing that I want to say when it comes to Ethan Kelly Madison, and if he is the starter out there this week, you have to protect his confidence and keep an eye on his composure. That's something fans should do is keep an eye on his composure and how he holds himself together because this is an audience, a crowd that is probably going to be the biggest crowd we see up until the Iowa and Wisconsin games. It could be even a bigger crowd than that. Who knows? Penn State shows out for that whiteout game. Whether they win or not, they show out for the whiteout game. So keeping an eye on his composure to see how he handles himself in that environment is going to be key for both now and for the future, knowing what type of quarterback he can be in clutch situations. But protecting his confidence has to be number one, because, you know, if he gets rattled, if his confidence is shaken, you've seen that happen to so many young quarterbacks where then they just don't, they don't do it like they used to. They don't capitalize on the potential that they see because they stop believing in themselves. And that cannot happen with a talented quarterback, like Ethan thing, you have to keep his confidence up. And that's why you want to take the shorter routes. That's why you want to take the underneath the dink and dunk. You'll take it to help get the confidence going in the simple play calling and what makes him comfortable. You put all that together and you help to see what could happen in the future. So I just dove in on all of that and why Ethan Calliakmanis. You can get excited to potentially see him play in this Penn State game. I've said all of that, saying all of it. Watch PJ Flex can be like, "Ha! You thought Ethan was going to start." we're rotating quarterbacks every series or Cole's going to play. It's, it's just going to happen because I went all in on this episode. So hopefully we'll see Ethan Calikmanis play if Tanner cannot. And hopefully we get to see flashes and see him find success in his first collegiate start ever. That's going to do it for us on today's episode of Lockdown Golden Gophers. I appreciate you listening. I appreciate you following. Hit subscribe on YouTube. We're giving away a free Dinky Town Athletes t-shirt and it's coming up soon. As soon as we hit 500 subscribers, we're right there. So be Sure, you subscribe so you have a chance at winning that t-shirt. This is Kane Rob signing off. Go to the boat. Skyuma. Go vote